0: You're tuned in to the 3Pixels Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the 3Pixels Podcast. We're here with another episode for your ears. We hope you're all doing well and wouldn't be the 3Pixels Podcast if I didn't have my wonderful, inspiring co-hosts. I have Martin and Darby. Darby, how are you doing?
1: i'm doing great thank you how you doing
0: all good all good martin i'm i'm flattered that you've
2: called us wonderful and inspiring because you never say that to me it's usually quite the opposite
0: and no i never i'm never harsh on you martin <laughs> right i'm never
2: i'm all clips
0: <laughs> no i mean I'm, I'm editing these so i won't do that <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that's happening but but in all truth, that's way too much effort that's yeah. way too much effort <laughs> but in all truth Ben thank you for your
2: kind words and yeah I feel great can't wait for this another edition of the podcast
0: yeah I mean um, what what makes you what makes you say your feelings are great what, anything any big happened recently I couldn't tell you I mean oh
2: I don't know something about my football team Liverpool winning the league there we just go there we up. go hey! i was just happy to see it in my lifetime 30 years obviously I'm, I'm only 25 so I haven't experienced the whole shebang but just figure that out. in 30 years what can you accomplish and you know Liverpool couldn't accomplish the league until now thank thank you to the higher powers up there
0: well I'm saying this with all the love um congratulations
2: yeah congratulations to Liverpool I did nothing <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any Liverpool supporters out there? Um, yeah, congratulations! Uh, I'm not a big football fan, and um, you know, but but Liverpool, great. Yeah, that's all good. Thank you. Another week, lots been happening. It's actually been two weeks since we've been recording. We kind of fool you guys a little bit as a listener by staggering the episodes, uh, so you don't quite know when we recorded it, but it was two weeks ago even though we normally try and meet up every week. Uh, so what's been happening in the last two weeks?
1: Did you see how Donald Trump's rally numbers got fixed and then tanked by a bunch of teenagers on TikTok?
0: Yes, I did. It was quite yes. funny, actually. That was, that was hilarious. They were expecting uh, a million people, I believe.
1: Yeah, there were a million seats reserved because you could reserve the seats for free online. So a whole bunch of people went on TikTok and said, hey, everybody reserve these seats and then don't show up. And so it like went viral on TikTok and then only 6,000 people ended up showing up. And it was a big deal because Donald Trump and his cronies, I guess, they were like bragging about like a million people are gonna come to this rally. And then... Six thousand actually showed up.
0: Yeah, I saw the photo. It was it was really uh, really funny.
2: If I remember rightly, Donald Trump's uh, staff or cronies, as uh, Daviana said, <laughs> they really just try to play off like, oh no, people trying to social distance. They wanted to come because of uh, C- Corona nineteen. God, COVID nineteen. You'd think by now, after so many weeks, I'd actually get the name right.
0: Corona nineteen. Yep. Corona
2: nineteen. <laughs> it's a real thing. <laughs> That they'll go, no, oh, no, people were just worried about coming to Donald Trump's rally. You just think, no, that's not what happened.
1: No, not at all, because I remember seeing on my TikTok, because I am a member of the youth on TikTok, I remember seeing on my TikTok people calling for these reservations. So, absolutely not.
0: Put it out on the internet and give it to the people, then they will definitely find a way to abuse it. And that's. Uh, An example right here.
2: Something was said on BBC Radio 2 actually, my mum was listening to it and when I heard it uh, I actually thought yeah it's quite right. When people think about young people and people say they don't go out and vote as much in America and also we see that at times in Britain as well but it's funny when you actually get the youth involved, something interactive like this, how well should we say how easy is for them to make a change. I'm not here to say it was a great change or a bad change because you know, my political opinion doesn't matter, but it, I think it is amazing that when you can get youngsters involved, the, the power that they actually have over social social media and they can achieve
0: a lot. Yeah, they don't always do it for the right reasons, but uh, well, the reasons you think they're gonna do it for, but um, yeah, it is uh, definitely a example of the power of the internet and young people.
1: They're especially motivated by making things into a joke. And I think that that's what they have done to the Donald Trump rally in Tulsa.
2: What about you then, Ben? What have you been doing this week?
0: I have been
1: pretty busy, been
0: job hunting a lot. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, none of us are immune to the impact of COVID-19. And I'm one of the many people out there that are being made redundant because of this. And uh, I send my... Thoughts and sympathies out to everyone. It's it's not an easy time. Even if you haven't been made redundant but you're a small business owner. It's, it's it's incredibly challenging. And I put it out there like I've tried to look at it as an opportunity. You know, you might have needed a little bit of a motivation to maybe find a, a job that you really wanted to do or find a different type of career path. Or, you know, just maybe get rid of that boss that you've always, you know, hated or, uh, or the like. So, you know, there's always positives to be found. You might end up in, the, in a better position out of this, but it's tough right now. I understand. And uh, I send out all my thoughts to everyone else.
1: When a door shuts, a window opens.
0: Wise words.
2: I had a little bit of a busy week with with the podcast. It's not just been no recording for me. I did do uh, the PS5 podcast that you can now listen to, talking about uh, some facts you need to know about the PlayStation Five launch. Every day after that, I keep getting more and more information about the PS5. So maybe I might actually do like a, a revision, maybe just before it actually the PS5 actually comes out, and give you a bit more facts, details, and and. As every day passes by, I'll know more and more and hopefully give you, the listener, proper information that you deserve.
0: What might be super interesting to put it forward, you can take it as an idea or not, is you might be to do some sort of versus battle between the two and see, you know, on paper, you know, how they stack up against each other. And hopefully when we get to know the price, how the pricing looks and, and maybe set some predictions and stuff that would be quite interesting to see them side by side so that people can have a look and help decide what they uh, what they want to purchase
2: yeah i think that's a superb idea as i mentioned in my podcast I'm not going to try to give too much away in the episode but i do highlight the importance of price so I'm, I'm i'm almost confident that that sort of episode will come up as soon as the full details are released for both consoles <laughs>
0: So the big news that I really wanted to touch on this week, before we go into anything else, just because it is one of the biggest companies out there and a lot of people use their platforms, is the Apple Worldwide Developer Conference. Now, I sat and watched the almost two hours, I think it was, of the live stream, all for you guys, so I could give you a bit of a summary. And the really interesting thing before we go into the details was, I was very curious to see how a big company like Apple would handle a conference virtually. Because, you know, there's no... Ability to have people in the audience and do it as they usually do, which they've done it for years and years. I mean, all the way back to the Steve Jobs years, they would always create a buzz with the audience and they were known for creating really good events around their products and around their updates. So it was really interesting to see how they adapted it.
1: You can't play it off like you only watched it for the podcast. You watch this every year, huh?
0: It has become a bit of a tradition since a teenager. I watch it every year. I had an interest, but I've always had my toe in technology, um, whether it's making videos or podcasts and stuff. So I'm going to use that as my excuse. Uh, I don't care what you say Uh, (laughs) it for research purposes. So yeah, really interesting to see how they kicked it off. And it was all done in a very clever way. They decided to make it more of a a pre-filmed production with lots of interesting camera movements and drone shots. And it was really clever to see. I would actually, if you're interested in that kind of thing, advise you to go and have a look just to see how they did it. It is really cleverly done. Visiting different areas of the Apple campus, getting to see more of their incredibly expensive but very interesting building. And the key opening bit from the conference wasn't actually Apple product or software related. It was actually related to something that we've talked about here on the podcast and something that, of course, has been enormous in the news right now, the rise in uh, awareness about racial inequality. Apple are committing to providing a hundred million dollars to its new racial equity and justice initiative. Tim Cook even said himself how far the US still needs to go to resolve a lot of these issues that are in our society and said about how grateful he is that everyone now has the ability to record things like this that happen in our society so that people are more aware of it and say that this is an important moment in, in their history time when progress, which has been far too slow, feels suddenly poised to move forward in a great leap. Things must change, and Apple is committed to being a force for that change. So it's going to begin in the US and expand globally, $100 million worth of investment to focus on financing initiatives that address education, economic equality, and criminal justice reform. So other than that, we've seen actually slightly bigger upgrades to the Apple ecosystem in software terms, than we were expecting. Everyone was expecting to be more of a minor update with a few different changes. But there's been a lot of changes to iOS and iPad OS with the announcement of iOS 14 and iPad OS 14, adding widgets, adding a new app screen, almost similar to the app Draw on Android, changing the way that calls show up when you use the phone and also adding lots of other features. There's a whole list if you are ready to go and have a check, but it is actually quite an interesting upgrade. If you're interested, you can check out the developer beta right now. The public beta is coming in the next month or so. And then the full release will be later this fall. There's also incredibly big updates to the new Mac OS with a movement, a milestone to Mac OS 11 which we haven't seen a a number upgrade like that for an incredibly long time, quite a few many years. We've been on 10 point something for a long time now. So it's macOS Big Sur, which will also come later this fall with lots of changes with the new UI design, more rounded corners and making the Mac look a lot more like its iOS counterparts. Some people have really liked this, some people really haven't. Have a look and see. Um, I watched a few interviews regarding this and Apple's kind of view is that once you start using it for a while, you will come to like it more, but initially, because it 's different, you might not like that. People generally don't like change, so right? I feel that 's a fair comment watch OS getting an update as well. If you have an Apple watch, you watch OS seven including some great features like sleep tracking and hand wash monitoring, making sure that you wash your hands for long enough to kill all the viruses that might be on there. It uses a clever technology inside the watch to know the motions that you're doing when hand washing and then to listen out to match that if there's any water or soap sounds it will start a timer and count down and make sure that you're washing for long enough and if you stop suddenly then it can give you a little notification to say hey you should probably keep washing your hands obviously if you hate that kind of thing you can turn that off in the settings but it is quite interesting to see Features like this get added because of the times that we're in.
1: I'll be honest, I probably won't use the sleep tracking feature because I don't particularly want Apple to know like how I'm sleeping. And I don't think that that's very useful information for myself either. But I think that the hand washing feature is such a creative and genius use of technology. And I'm so looking forward to it as someone who is like such a hand-washing stickler and like I pride <laughs> myself on being the best hand-washer in my high school health class. We had like a black light and we were able to see and I, I was the best. So like the hand-washing feature, I'm very excited about and I can't wait to start using it.
2: Can I just say, this is now two episodes running where she is claiming she's the best. She kicked her out of the game and now like, best hand-washer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's really wanting to be the best at everything she, there is no competitiveness uh, with Darby at all as you've noticed
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay but like what a weird thing to be like competitive about though I'll be honest with you I'm not the best at a whole lot of things I won't be winning any races sure. anytime sure. soon I probably am not like the best artist I got the hand washing down everybody I'm gonna okay, kill the One hand washing at a time.
0: I know that people will be in different camps with this. Some people will will like the encouragement to ensure that they're keeping cleanliness up. And other people will see it as an annoyance and as kind of a big brother thing. As with a lot of Apple features, everything is done on device. Nothing is shared. The microphones are just there to check that hand washing is actually happening and that it's not confused. And uh, yeah, Apple in this conference really hammered home the fact that everything they design, they start with privacy right at the start of their design concept. So everything where processes need to be done, where data is managed for the feature to work, it has to be done on device, doesn't get sent up to Apple. Uh, Even when you're using things like Siri, actually uses unique identification numbers so that an audio recording can't be linked to a person. So if you're worried about that, I would say that that's not a big worry, by I understand some people will like the encouragement, some people will see it as big brother and I completely understand. Just to wrap up the announcement, so TVOS getting another update as well, making it a bit more of a feature set of your home. If you do have an Apple TV, it's going to have lots of features to to help improve home automation and all the smart gadgets that you might have around your home. Uh, one I wasn't expecting, there's going to be a software update to AirPods. I just didn't imagine they would get much in terms of new features but they are adding um, software updates to improve transitions between your devices it will actually now use the gyroscope in the devices that you use and it will monitor what device you're on so that as you put your ipad down with your airpods and go over to your mac it automatically disconnects them from the iPad and and connects them straight to your Mac. So it actually follows you as you go from device to device. And then if your phone starts ringing, it will quickly ping it straight over to the phone. So you can pick them up on your AirPods, even if you're doing something on a Mac computer or or a tablet, that's kind of cool. But the coolest thing is they've worked really hard on using similar technology, actually, that we talked about previously with the PlayStation 4 and its 3D audio. They are implementing a 3D Surround sound, which will support all of the Dolby up to 7.1 and Atmos, and we'll be able to emulate that within AirPods so that you'll get the experience of surround sound with AirPods Pro, which is really, really cool. Was not expecting it. They're using gyroscopes in the AirPods, which I didn't know existed, and a gyroscope in the device that you're using, like a, an iPad. And it will then ensure that if you've got your iPad in front of you and holding it still and you move your head, that the sound doesn't suddenly move with you, that the sound is fixed in space. So if you're looking towards what would be like a left speaker, you'd actually hear it a bit louder rather than kind of the whole speakers moving with your head, which would be a bit weird. But if you're in a plane or on a train or, or a car, then if the tablet senses there's movement happening, it will then move that in space along with your position. So that's really, really cool. Was not expecting that. I'd be interested to see how that will work. And I'll be I'll be keen to check that out when it comes out, and then the final, the biggest announcement of the whole conference is that Apple will be moving to their own custom processors in Macs. So they're calling it Apple Silicon. They already make um, CPUs for their own iPhones, Apple Watches, and tablets, and they've managed to get performance, unlike their competition, the iPhone's performance versus Android in in processor speeds and everything has actually been incredibly fast and they managed to do it with very low power consumption. So if they can implement that into the Mac and they'll be able to get faster speeds than Intel is currently providing on the MacBook with using less power. So we should get longer battery life, which is really, really cool. And I'm really interested to see how that goes. So they are giving Intel the boost over the next couple of years and will be implementing their own Apple Silicon into the MacBook, which I personally see this as a transition so that Macs will essentially become more and more like iPads and and iPhones, and will start to feel more and more the same because your native apps that developers make for mobile devices will be running on essentially the same hardware but maybe slightly more powerful hardware that's in the Mac. So they'll translate really easily. And Apple already showing that actually all the Mac stuff they showed at the conference was running their own chip. So they're already there. So that's really, really cool. And that is essentially all it was from WWDC. And uh, yeah, that's been a quick roundup.
1: I recently watched an interview with Tim Cook on my Sunday morning news show that I love, which I'm probably like the youngest person who watches it. He was talking about Apple's like tax avoidance, which I found so interesting to hear his perspective on it. And I'm not saying that he's right or wrong here, but what he was saying was that he views Apple as paying the taxes that they are required and he doesn't think that it is wrong to avoid paying as much tax as a lot of people think that they should because he thinks that they are using their money in other ways that benefits society. So he's kind of seeing it as like a societal tax, which I found so interesting. And I'm sure that I don't know if he genuinely believes that or if that's just something that he had to say to like, save face on a national news program.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I'd love to hear what you both think about that, because I've heard so much about these big corporations avoiding tax, and then a lot of people hate him for it. What do you think?
2: I can see his point, for sure. At least he's been honest about it. A lot of like millionaires, what they usually do is they'll buy a piece of art or something like that and let's say that they buy it for like 10 grand right, argument's sake and they say oh I've been helping this unknown artist pursue his career and they say that's their tax towards mm-hmm. them and then someone later down the line buys that art and it just gets really murky waters through like where they say oh no but we've been helping people out and I can see what Tim Cook is saying what he says about his products are helping society i actually think um apple one of the best companies in the world and i actually think they do a lot of good for society and what ben has just said about a conference they always talk about privacy but they also talk about changing people's lives for the better i can see it his way maybe you know because i'm i wouldn't say blinkered but i have a very biased opinion about apple and the people who are in charge of apple like i'm not saying they can't do any wrong but what i am saying is I like Apple enough where I do believe a lot of what they're saying is quite honest and quite earnest. I have a lot
0: more faith in Tim Cook as a leader than I have in any of the leaders that I've seen of most of the countries out there recently. You know, you give the money to the taxpayer, but often they're not even doing the right thing with it. You know, they're not even being ethical with it and using it in all the wrong places. So Apple have actually done a lot. They have done a lot of projects. They've done a lot for environmental projects. They have actually built robots that can take apart iPhones and separate them to all the different materials so they can be recycled better. They spent money on important causes when they arise, like supporting black communities right now during this time. They're always the first one to stand up and say that they're going to do something and actually follow through and do it. So these days, you know, as I said, tax money isn't always used in the best places. And Maybe they're do actually doing better value for money with with it than we would have had otherwise. Who knows?
2: I was just going to say as well with Tim Cook. I know he does a lot of charitable work. I think he's always doing stuff like uh, suicide prevention, uh, and also recently with um, LGBT um, mm-hmm. about people being more accepting to their body being more happy to to come out and be who they who they are. And someone like Tim Cook who. You know, tries to bring the best out of everyone, no matter how they feel. He always wants them to feel great, and that's how I see what Tim Cook does, especially with yeah. Apple as a whole. They always want to make people happy, as well as they always forget the customer, a consumer first, more than more than the money. But that's how I perceive it, anyway.
1: What's going on with the whole Donald Trump Twitter fact-checking situation?
0: Mm. Well, don't, so Donald Trump, as as actually, is trying to. Make it a law so that Twitter can't do that. Essentially, he, he's saying that it's a restriction of free speech. That because he's putting stuff out on Twitter and is getting flagged as false news, that is breaking his um, right as an American citizen to the to free speech. So he's trying to say that he's going to put something in place that means that these companies can't flag things as fake news because it has that impact. Uh, actually, I think it's Germany they put out and said to Twitter, hey, if you fancy moving, come, come, come set up here. Because essentially, that's all that will happen if, if he does try and restrict that, is that these companies will just move to other locations where they can still do it because the laws in that country don't stop them. Talking about social media, Coca-Cola has joined the Facebook boycott with a pause on all social media advertising starting July 1st. Honda and Hershey's Chocolate also part of the growing backlash against Facebook and other platforms. This all started because of some of Facebook's practices that were highlighted from organizations like the Stop Hate for Profit campaign. It was found out that Facebook were essentially promoting sources of news which were run by white nationalist organizations, named Breitbart News as a trusted news source and made the Daily Caller a fact-checker, despite both publications having records of work with known white nationalists. They seemingly turned a blind eye for it, and as people are claiming, like the Stop Hate for Profits site claims, They've been doing this in the name of revenue. So lots of companies, Unilever, Verizon, Coca-Cola, Honda, and Hershey's have all stood up and said that they're not going to advertise on Facebook for a whole month because of this.
1: Anybody who is shocked by Facebook continuing to put profits ahead of moral decency in terms of advertising just hasn't been paying attention. Because this is, you would have thought that they would have learned from their last huge scandal back in 2016 over the election, Russian, yep. the, uh, uh, Cambridge, Analytica. Cambridge Analytica, whole debacle. You would have thought that they would have like cleaned house and figured their stuff out and they continuously put their foot in it, don't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, leaders, you know, Tim Cook and that, and Mark Zuckerberg gives me totally other vibes. I feel that he, and, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my personal opinion, not the view of the podcast, but I think he comes across as a little bit of a slimy character, that he doesn't really care too much about people's privacy and about what is right, and that they only seem to do things when everyone, over, when everyone reacts and the news can't stop talking about it. They seem to be reactionary and not proactive about doing things that are actually really quite important. And it's it's sad to see. I know that they make a lot of money and their whole business model is around advertising and, and supporting companies get their message out there, but it can't be at the detriment to spreading fake news or spreading hateful
1: news. Oh my God, they must make so much money. I mean, I've counted before how many like actual genuine Facebook posts from my hat, from my friends I have in between ads. And it's usually I have two or three, sometimes four genuine posts between ads. It gets to the point where it's like, I see the same ads all the time about the same products. And there's just so many of them that it clouds up my entire news feed. And it's ridiculous.
0: Mm -hmm. 99% of Facebook's 70 billion revenue is made from advertising. So they're heavily reliant on advertising. And it seems to be that although they absolutely could do something about this or could have done something about this a long time ago, they actively choose not to. Now, I just want to say for clarification that Facebook have made changes or are making changes regarding this. But as I said, it seems a bit reactionary, not very proactive. And Mark Zuckerberger said that it's important that they do make some changes ahead of the elections coming up. Not directly referencing what has been going on with the boycotting, but it seems to be related to that, that they've suddenly piped up and are gonna be making some changes. We're yet to see the results of those changes.
2: I feel like this is just a rerun, to be honest. When we talk about Facebook, there's always something with Facebook. I yeah. feel like we have made a, a handful of things talk about Facebook and breach of security and and all that. And Ben has summed it up perfectly. They have to. They always react to something when they they have bad publicity, and all of a sudden they're like on the back burner, on the back foot. It's like a never-ending loop of the same talk about facebook you never hear them say wow what great um security and great personal data protection facebook have or mm-hmm. how great they are at um, avoiding controversies and aligning themselves with evil groups i should say mm-hmm. i don't understand where facebook and mark Zuckerberg really stand anymore because originally their core feature was to get in touch with friends and no strings attached that was it You know, you could talk to people across the world, all that sort of thing. Uh And now it's changed, very corporate-faced and very like, we want to know everything you're doing.
0: Definitely. As I said, they could do a lot better. And I think there will be a time that people would have had enough of that. We're already seeing a shift. The younger generation aren't using Facebook anymore and it's the older generation using. And as the younger generation get older, that change could continue to happen and Facebook could see a drop-off in users. I mean, it's hard to imagine because of how big and powerful they essentially are. But I think there is change going on and these companies can fall just as quickly as they rose. And if they don't get their act together, it already seems that they seem a bit desperate to stay on top of everything when they acquired Instagram. I mean, they tried to acquire Snapchat for such a long time and then decided they'd add a similar feature into Instagram instead. They want to remain relevant and stick with the audience, but uh, they're not really speaking the right language, it seems to be. you know, Younger generations are caring more about these things. These things are important about how companies perceive people and information, and it seems to be a little bit out of touch. All right, so that's all we have time for on this episode of The Three Pixels. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed talking on it. And thank you very much for everyone for tuning in and listening. Don't forget you can check us out on all of our social media pages. Links are in the show notes down below. Give us a follow on Twitter and uh, you never know, we might respond back to you. And on that note, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. You're tuned in to the 3Pixels podcast.